You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 367, what time is late and why the night belongs to the young, the art of buying books and never reading them, and face tattoos, how many do you plan to have? It's all coming up after Johnny Marr and Bug.
from his recently released album, his third solo album, and by far his best collection as a solo artist, I think. It reached number seven on the UK album chart a few weeks ago uh, from the album called The Comet, Johnny Marr and Bug. I do like Johnny Marr, I must admit. His solo stuff gets better and better, I think. It really does. It's a really good album, some really good songs on there. Welcome to the podcast from the Parish Council. It's episode 367. I'm Terence Dackham, and even on the hottest day of the year, she's the coolest woman in England. It's Juliet Harris. Oh, I mean, that is blatantly not true, but thank you very much for your, for your kind assessment, and hello, everyone. Jules, it all started when, over the last week or two, I've seen these flyers attached to lampposts and traffic lights in the local area around here. Um, initially, just like a High Court judge, I had no idea what this was about, but the, the flyers say... <laughs> <laughs> who, who are these Beatles? The yeah. flyers say, Max Stangroom, Vanilla, 10pm to late. And after asking a young person, <laughs> I found out that Vanilla is a nightclub in Windsor. Mm. Um, but despite a bit of Googling, I'm none the wiser about who Max Stangroom is and what his role in all of this amounts to. But I was intrigued by the line, 10pm till late on the flyer, and it made me realise how much has changed. When I was a teenager, the pub shut at 10.30, there were licensing laws, they shut at 10.30 in the evening, we all went home and listened to Crosby, Stills and Nash albums in in, in darkened rooms. Now, 10.30pm is the starting point for young people. Now, I do realise we we, we change as we get older, and um, going out to a party at 10pm, it makes me yearn for my duvet. I have to say, <laughs> sometimes when I'm driving back from somewhere or other and it's midnight and the bouncers are on high alert outside Weatherspoons, and I drive past and young people are leaning over the road barriers to vomit, I rather feel thankful that uh, this isn't my world anymore, 10pm till late. So when exactly is late for you young people, Jules? Well, I love. I, I continue to love the fact that I am you, young people, and we all know I am nothing of the sport sort, both physically and and sort of metaphorically. Um, so I did have a look at Max Stangroom. Oh, I he's on in, he? he's on Instagram. Oh. He doesn't seem to have that many followers. He's basically some sort of nightclub DJ. I think is is what's is what's going on here. So here's the person that's DJing. Um, I, although it seems to be fairly small scale. Anybody? I mean, put it this way: it doesn't look like he has a manager. The contact for you contact him for guest list by the look of it, and his oh. mobile number is on this flyer. So I think it's it's fairly sort of small scale. Although everyone starts somewhere. Um, yes, like you, I am an an early-ish person. I do have late nights occasionally. Um, so so uh, although having said this so i dj quite a lot as people know um and occasionally i have to do venues like the print works the print works in hastings is the venue that stays open the latest usually if i dj somewhere like the dragon bar my shift is eight until quarter past 11 because it shuts at pub hours and that's and then at that point yeah and then at that point i then get in my taxi cab and go home but um at the print works usually the shifts are either either start at eight or nine it depends sort of what's going on and the dj finishes at one that is late. That oh, is late, late for me. Although interestingly, but it goes to show the circles in which you move, really. But I think there is one people that are older. There is one a key. I'm afraid to say this, but there is one mm. key sort of thing. To, I was talking with my friend recently and someone else, and we were talking about this. This key to how late people can stay up, and I'm afraid the answer is drugs. Um, oh, when when there are so. when there are club nights locally or dance nights. 
some of them finish at sort of 12. It depends where the venue is. But we've known of some things that go on until 3 and 4. And my oh. friends said, how can you go on until then? People go, well, they have some help, don't they? And you think, oh, yes, actually. And that's probably the answer, isn't it, really? It depends what mood I'm in. There are some there are some times where I stay up very late indeed. And there are other, particularly if I, if I am, quote, unquote, working, as such as DJing is. And, um, and there are times where, you know, there was a Saturday night the other week where I could have been out partying. And instead, the best thing ever happened, which was I went home and sorted through. We were trying to uh, agree on the pl- me and my friend on the, uh, the the plural of New Statesman magazines. Uh, either New Statesman's or we settled on New Statesman in the end so I was, I was sorting through New Statesman and watching the prompts on TV on iPlayer and I had a lovely 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 evening and went to bed well you see I don't know what counts as an early or late bedtime but I tried to be in bed by about half ten quarter to eleven so so mm. so but but like you say the fact that something doesn't start until ten yeah that is quite late actually particularly if you compare it to the difference again between pub and club opening hours and licensing hours mm. so most pubs will shut at 11 or sometimes 12 on Saturdays there are mm. some pubs and hazings and bars that have slightly later licenses clubs are designed for people to go on to after bars and so actually although the print works in Hastings is a bar rather than a nightclub because it's a late bar you often get people pouring in from other pubs it gets later after 11 o'clock as other places close and it remains open so so I um, I, I don't consider you know, I probably, I'm not at the age or the position in my life. And this is another key thing, I think. The mm. position in my life is in, you know, I have a job, man. You know, I have an office mm. job, which means I have to go in at regular times. I have other commitments outside of work. Particularly if you've got kids as well. Yes. I mean, you know, going out at 10 o'clock is not viable. Because, you know, it, it, and when they say doors open at 10, people, it won't get going until about midnight, I would oh, suspect. Man. So, yeah, that is, it's probably partly an age thing and also maybe what we're doing with our lives type thing as well. I was thinking about the contrast of all this over this week because okay. um, a, a few, in the middle of the week, we, we had supper in a small village in the Surrey Hills, surprise, surprise, and saw... So, there's someone like you to it. That's of, not your ends at all, is it? Uh, out of character. And we, there were these Morris men were dancing mm. outside the pub. We have many Morris men in Hastings, so I, I'm familiar with this, the concept. <laughs> well, it was like everything you expect from you know, sort of home counties, southern England village. There. And, th- and then when it got dark, the Morris men and, and the, the women um, came into the pub and started playing drums and flutes and concertinas. And it was actually really quite magical. There weren't many of us in the pub and they were sitting all amongst us. It was lovely. And when the pub closed, walking back to the car... There were no street lights in this village, and so there's no light pollution. Mm. We stopped and looked at the incredible number of stars in the sky. Mm. And Max Stangroom and his vanilla 10pm till late came into my mind, you see. And mm. I, I wondered if all the people drinking Jager bombs for three quid a pop in this Windsor nightclub, will they in 40 years' time, be putting their <laughs> 10 to late lives behind them and looking at the stars from the, the Surrey Hills. And I felt grateful to be walking back from, from supper, the Morris men and seeing the, the stars. And I just felt genuinely glad not to be in a nightclub mm. with Max Stangroom. Well, absolutely. As, as a lovely chap as we're sure he is. I'm sure, But, yeah, um, but, but, yeah no, I, I agree. There are, it, again, it depends what, what mood I'm in, I suppose. But, yes, mm. there are some evenings where going out feels like the worst thing in the world ever that could ever before the worst fate that could ever befall anyone so so yeah i'm i'm you know i like going out i like having a good time i stay out reasonably late sometimes but 
when I do stay out late, I've usually started my evening earlier on. The the thought by the time it would get to ten o'clock, I'm not sure I would want to go out by ten o'clock. Really, I'm not. I think I think if I haven't gone out already, as they say about the weather, it's set in. I think the thought of me staying in is set in at that point. Buying books and never reading them. Mm. That's next after Big Thief. heard this on uh, on six music the other day and i i just really liked it i i it really captured me as the sort of thing that i very much enjoy um and it's it's by a band like you said called big thief and i or thief i can never pronounce thief i always get the foot and the third the wrong way around but big thief and it's called shark smile 
references to roads in songs only work mm. with american references yes um big thief have riding through winona down the dotted line which sounds you know it sounds so exciting mm. and in the uk it just wouldn't sound the same driving through weybridge turning left past waitrose just wouldn't have the <laughs> same kind of feel to it that mm. uh, american road references this have. is very true although i was in a, a taxi cab on friday evening and we told the driver where i lived and um the driver was quite an entertaining chap and um i think he found the three of us quite entertaining and i said oh so we'd like to go to cumberland gardens please lays and be caught and he said what it is to live in a building named after the worst james bond <laughs> <Exactly. Very true. laughs> it's spelled differently it's spelled lays rather than lays but yeah still <laughs> bibliomania is what they called it in the 19th century mm. sondoku is what they call it in japan oh, of course a person who owns a lot of unread literature. Now, it used to be harder before technology stepped in. You could stroll around a bookstore, mm-hmm. pick up a couple of books, carry them home and add them to the unread pile. Yes, now, very true. <laughs> thanks to e-readers like the Kindle and the Nook, you can buy any number of books with oh, a Oh, man, yeah, click. absolutely. And if books are out of copyright, of course, then you can acquire thousands of them for free. And this is, this is how my Kindle is loaded with the complete works <laughs> of Shakespeare, literally everything Virginia Woolf ever wrote oh wow yeah every single title by pg woodhouse and the complete poems of wb yates but how many of these have you actually read terence exactly will i ever read them all is a question extremely unlikely jules probably i've i've probably read most of woodhouse over my Mm. life but complete works of shakespeare probably two or three i'm on the first of those virginia wolf books at the moment and i've got about 50 of them on the kindle um and yates poems i've probably read five out of a hundred so well that's a five percent success rate (laughs) i guess it could be worse by a by a margin of one to four percent and of course it's it's, it's extremely it's very unlikely i'll ever read them all because i've got this pile of about 20 physical books on a coffee table next to me here (laughs) as we speak yeah aching to be read this accumulation of books it's like an illness um are you a bibliomaniac juliet there is a book, there is at least one bookcase in every room in my house. Mm. And it, there isn't a bookcase in the bathroom, but there is a pile of books. Um, yes, I am with you very much on this. My friends are visibly shocked when they come round and see how many <laughs> books there are, because they, they, they're acclimatised to the fact that I have many, many, many records and CDs. Mm. But they don't quite expect me to have lots of books as well. I, yeah, like you, I just, I compulsively buy books. I must start reading them more. I need to put a ban in place so that I actually mm. start reading books. But I, I just love having books. And I don't have a Kindle or a, a, a rather charmingly named Nook. I'd never heard of that until now. That's rather <laughs> nice, isn't it? Rather bucolic. I don't have a, a, a Nook or a Kindle. My mum has one. And mm. she and her friend get on very well. They're getting on very well anyway. But they, they're getting on very well with them taking it in terms to buy books and sharing to each other's Kindles. And that is very nice. That they, they are. That's very sweet, actually. I rather like that. But, um, yeah, I, I cannot stop collecting books. I just love them in their physical form, which is why I've never really taken interest in the Kindle mm. particularly. I have got a few things on the Amazon app on my iPad that I occasionally read. Mostly stuff, like you said, it's out-of-print stuff that I can't get anywhere else. Mm. But, um, no, I, I, I can't imagine a life without having books in my house, really. I am aware that my friend always refers to record collecting as the sickness. And I'm aware, <laughs> that, I'm aware that books are the sickness as well. But um, I just, I just, I just love having them. I love the idea of the fact that I could probably learn something new 
if I went to any shelf in my house and picked up a book and started reading it, because that is the, the, the ratio to which I have books I have read and books I haven't. I've got a friend that actually has different bookcases, one of which has books she has read in and one of which she has books <laughs> she hasn't read in. So that she can, and I think that's a great way of ordering it. And when I went round there, when I stayed up there, she, she said, oh, um, you know, uh, feel, feel free to pick from the red or not red selection. And it, it was <laughs> excellent. So, so I, do, I do like that as a concept. Maybe that's something I need to, maybe we need to start adopting my friend's tactic <laughs> of create. But then I, I'm, I'm afraid and slightly sort of depressed at the thought that actually I will end up with one bookshelf with, with, with stuff that's read mm. on it and various other bookshelves and cases full of unread books. So, so now like you, I, the, but my issue is, and my dad often makes snide comments about how strong my floor is, is that <laughs> I am, I, I am a, I'm the, the equivalent of some Dukuist with CDs and records as well as books. Well, the, of course, this this type of must-have, must-acquire uh, doesn't only exist with, mm. say, the collection of music, whether on vinyl or CD with you or MP3s or or, or, or your mode of choices, equally as, as addictive. But I'm wondering if Spotify and other streaming services actually help or hinder the music addict, because... In a sense, Spotify has saved me, as I haven't, I haven't bought a CD or physical music product in 10 years, so less, shell, less shelves to put up, I suppose. But, and, of course, everything is available to me all the time, but therein also lies the problem. Everything is available to me all the time, so the choice is limitless. And so quite often I open Spotify and I stare at the empty search box and I'm overwhelmed by the fact that I have a choice of Everything. So just like the collected works of um, Virginia Woolf, yes. I'll never be able to listen to everything that I can access on Spotify. So I think we're both audio maniacs and whatever the music uh, music equivalent of Sunduku is, we're those with that too I think so and I do like it's interesting what you say about sort of must have and accumulating I you know one could argue that you know maybe this is kind of rampant shameless consumerism and I think I'm trying to kid myself when I think that having books and records and CDs is a somehow more intellectually noble way of, of being a being a being a, an obsessive consumer than anything else so I'm trying to convince myself that I'm not as bad as people that collect expensive cars or mm. endless pairs of shoes or things like that but I don't I think I'm just trying to keep myself really <laughs> but possibly so I just wanted to say I actually instead of finding it rewarding this pile of 20 books mm. I've got there in two piles of 10 I'm looking at them now I actually find it quite stressful because I'm, I'm aware of the passing of time and I think I've got to read mm. these books you know, so, so um, rather than bringing me solace and calm it's actually a, quite an aggravator in life <laughs> How many tattoos are you going to get inscribed on your face this year? Uh, that's coming... <laughs> it's a question that we're all asking. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on, the, on the tip of everyone's tongue. That's coming next after Tears for Fears. Stop. 
Greatest hits, one of my favourite bands of all time. Mm. Cheers for fears, and I love you, but I'm lost. I mean, haven't we all been there, frankly? It's kind of like the summary of my life, really, I think. Um, that title. A couple of weeks ago, oh, here's, here's a theme of emerging here. A couple of weeks ago, we were having supper in a pub. Not mm, that one. Another one. Yeah, Yet a, another one. A, yes. a, a, a different one this time. This time in Chiddingfold in uh, mm. the south of Surrey. What about a charmingly I, named place? Yes. It is. It's a lovely village. And I was transfixed by this young man who was sitting at the bar. He was maybe 20, 21 years old, something like that. And it was a hot evening. He was wearing a t shirt. And that revealed um, he had tattoos all over his hands and up his arms. Mm. Not, not so unusual these days, but what no. caught my attention was that his face was pretty much totally covered by tattoos. And now, of course, it's, it's all individual choice. And to a degree, as long as we don't hurt others, it's up to us all to do what we want with our bodies and so on. Mm. It, it, it isn't a look I would aspire to. It... it it didn't appeal to me at all. But it made me wonder if face tattoos, which until relatively recently, of course, were viewed with horror, whether they're now becoming more mainstream. That mm. the, pop, the popular American rapper, P 
Post Malone. Mm, is, which is, which doesn't sound, uh, it sounds like anything but a rapper, frankly. <laughs> it does, does, it say, does it sound like it? Uh, yeah, it sounds like a delivery service, like a courier service. It does, rather, Come to yeah. Post Malone. Um, yeah, he's in the UK top 40 at the moment, and um, he's heavily tattooed hither and thither, and he recently added to his already rather graphically tattooed face <laughs> by adding the permanent message, always tired right across his face under his eyes and that's the thing the permanence of it all and it's a a terribly difficult and painful and sometimes unsuccessful quest to get these tattoos removed but having said that um maybe i'm out of touch so are you planning on getting your face inked with tattoos this summer jules well I, you've already told me that i'm not to in the email yeah absolutely so obviously i would have done but now i can't <laughs> because you've told me not to um yes. no i won't be getting a face tattoo this oh, summer no. i don't find that to be a particularly surprising response to that that somewhat mendacious question <laughs> um i um i i don't have any tattoos someone asked me on friday night if i had, had any tattoos and i don't um it's interesting i had a friend that went for a job interview recently and it which was told that she had to cover any tattoos and she said oh, oh my gosh you know it's the hottest day of the entire year and here i am wearing a long sleeve dress because i can't find anything else um it'd be interesting to see if that attitude with employers has to change eventually because so many people have tattoos yeah. now and it's not just tattoos as in you know an anchor on your arm popeye style either that i'm quite tempted i'm more tempted by that than i am with it with a tattoo on my face or bart simpson's mother tattoo which is which is stopped halfway through so it just says moth in a love heart i'm quite tempted by i did see someone with one of those ones which i thought was hilarious but um I, but people don't have that anymore they have these things called sleeves which is where your entire arm is tattooed um with different things or people seem to have many tattoos at once which is altogether harder to hide and like you say there isn't a hiding place on the face is there really it seems to be very strange I remember someone having to have a Spider-Man web removed from their face once in one of the tabloid newspapers all all very horrifying it is very strange isn't it that that is we all we always change culturally don't we as a nation it is very odd that we seem to be becoming more conservative with the small c in some ways Mm. yet tattoos are literally everywhere my dad did point out the other day when we were some because I'd explain to my dad what sleeve tattoos are which you know is, is ever a slightly alarming conversation and he pointed <laughs> out that one can buy if you do want because I know Terence that you want a sleeve tattoo but you, don't, but you don't want to go to the expense and the discomfort exactly. um, you, you can buy a, a made of some sort of stretchy nylon type material mm. a sleeve tattoo that you can wear that is pre-printed on material so if you I'm want to have a sleeve tattoo without having the tattoo my dad pointed out just put, simply wear your, your sort of long almost look like some sort of surgical bandage except with <laughs> tattoos all over it so, so should we so i wonder if there is a face equivalent maybe you should have some sort of translucent balaclava mm. with them um, with you know i i love you mum. so so across yeah. your nose or whatever so uh, so yeah I, I i don't have a face tattoo i'm enjoying the idea of one being able to simulate tattoos in clothing without having tattoo um mm. i think they are they are they seem to be extremely expensive um and i I just I've never quite understood why you would want to have that level of um of pain inflicted on you for something which you then can't ever take off. This is the thing. The overarching problem with tattoos, exactly. It's the in the They're long term. They're always there, aren't they? It, yeah. It, and also, I think. Do you know what I've, I've noticed is that? Well, we all know our body, specifically our, our our skin, stretches, contracts, sheds itself, changes in 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 many ways over the years. Often leading ta- le- tattoos. 
that look fresh and vibrant mm. when someone is 20 to looking just like a bluish Oh, yes, blob. it's the blue blur, isn't it? That's the issue. It'd be yeah. interesting to see whether these modern-day tattoos mm. that people have, these are intricate, detailed designs, whether there is technology that means that they don't do that. Because if they still do that, God, lots of people are going to look dreadful, aren't they, in 30 well, years' time? Exactly, ex- exactly. So this is a genuine prospect of Post Malone and the geezer from the pub in Chiddingfold mm. looking in the mirror when they're 60 years old and seeing just a series of blurred sp- sort of smudges staring mm. back at them. And that's not a good look. No. You've got to think of the long term. But my, my final question to you is on this. Mm. You, you work in an office and let's assume now that you're um, in a managerial role and you're recruiting um, somebody to come and work in, in your office. If they turned up with face tattoos like the chap in Chillingfold or post mm. always tired inscribed always on one cheek and tired on the other under each wow. eye would you genuinely think uh oh this person isn't for us I mean I'm sure it must lead to immediate stigma and prejudice well, in, it, in a job interview well the difficulty is so, so thinking about this in terms of because I am a sort of middle manager mm. and thinking in terms of the office in which I work I work in an office of a seaside town which is quite a genteel seaside mm. town most of our population and our client base is pretty elderly it has to be said I do a lot of buying and selling of granny flats um, if, an, if someone came in like that I would be struggling not to judge them but will probably succeed in not judging how they were from having a face tattoo because I don't think it's a wise choice and I don't think it shows seriousness about working in that environment but if I interviewed someone and I found them to otherwise be a very capable and charming person my view would be that we would probably employ them but I would not want them in a public facing role because I don't think that our public would deal with it very well and maybe I'm perpetuating the problem in images by by taking that attitude but I would have them happily in some sort of back house role but I wouldn't be very keen on them meeting clients face to face and unfortunately the reality of the role that I have is that you can't really do that. So if you get a a, a facial tattoo uh, not not just in your place but in any like Tesco's a bank Mm -hmm. you know any sort of customer facing role you're probably excluding yourself from 75% of all employment the minute you walk into that tattoo parlour and say stick this on my yeah absolutely yeah with the knowledge that you won't be having the Mm -hmm. tattoo parlours of you you won't be haunting the tattoo parlours of the Sussex coast uh, this week where might we find you? Well, that is a fair question. I am having a few adventures this week. I am doing um, Indie Wonderland on um, Wednesday, the 8th of August on Barricade Radio, barricaderadio.com, 8 to 10 p.m. um, Indie, Old Rock and all things miscellaneous. Um, I am at the Catalyst Club in Brighton on the Thursday, the 9th of August, where I will be talking about talking, I think... um, tickets are still available i'm just having a a sneaky google now to see where you can get those from um it's catalystclub.co.uk and that is at the latest music bar in brighton um it's seven pounds for a ticket um you can uh, and you can find that fairly easily online so do do please come and see me there if you'd like to um and i i am at builders one of two brand new speakers that's how i'm i build my lads at the moment which i'm more than happy to be so um so yeah that looks like it will be a lot of fun um and uh, then i suspect that i will be back here doing this next weekend with terence how lovely thanks to you for listening and yes very much so Executive producers Rona and Hilly. Mm. Um, 
I love the way uh, the song you've chosen uh, to play us out with. It has a really slow build. Does becoming a, a bit of a headbanger, frankly. It is, and I'm I'm really fond of this album. It's from the album Villains by Queens of the Stone Age, which is their most recent one. I think it came out last year. And like you say, it starts off almost kind of a spinal tap rock opera levels of portent mm. at the beginning, doesn't it? It reminds me of when I went to see Iron Maiden with my friend's husband about five or six years ago, and mm-hmm. it started off as this very kind of... It, it was it was great. They were everything one would want them to be, and that there was this very kind of portentous, brooding opening <laughs> and a large video projection of an iceberg, and then lots of fireworks went off at once, and everyone started playing very loudly, and Bruce Dickinson ran down the centre of the stage wearing a long leather coat. Um, so I quite like the idea that it start, this starts off, like you say, in that kind of quite brooding pretentious type way and then explodes into this kind of glam stomper isn't it really i i I like it sort of glam glam influences um uh, this is a great album and and i think this this tune is a particularly good one so this is um josh holm leading queens of the stone age with with style as ever and this is feet don't fail me now
listening to a DACA Media Production.